Michelangelo once said, the greatest danger for most of us is not that our aim is too high and we miss it, but that it's too low and we reach it. Welcome to Life Talk with Jesse Meester. As an international actor, entrepreneur, and world traveler with millions of followers, Jesse seeks to speak and learn from the most insightful, successful people in the world, sharing love and life together. This is Life Talk, and this is your host, Jesse Meester. I'm very happy to have you on. So just a little background story, also for the members that are tuning in right now. Uh, if you do have any questions, just shoot them over. Um, but I'm very, very happy uh, today that um, I have somebody that caught my interest on the internet for a while now, and somebody that I resonated with, and somebody that I think this world and degenerate society needs. I'm very pleased to um, introduce Cameron, uh, also known as Please Let Me Know Your TikTok uh, in full and your, your Instagram. Um, but I'm very, very happy to have you on. Self-development coach, speaking to a lot of young men. I think right now, one of the top development coaches that I have seen so far, speaking facts, speaking truth, speaking class, intelligence. And I'm excited to find out more about you and um, what is your background and also how did you get into this? Welcome on the podcast, my friend. First of all, thank you very much, Jesse. Um, shout out to everyone listening. This is Cameron Navon Crew. You can find me on TikTok or Instagram at the land of Cam with a K. And I'm a self-development coach and also a dating coach and relationship coach. So I teach men about how to develop themselves into a stronger version of who they wanna be. And I teach men and women in general, how they can attract, keep and maintain the ideal relationship lifestyle that they want. Whether that's a dude who wants to be a player, a dude who wants to be a square husband, good guy, whether it's a woman who just wants to go have fun, get her money or attract a quality husband. I speak to all groups of people. And I think that's one thing that makes me slightly different than most dating coaches. Like if you look at Fresh and Fit or certain groups like that, <clears throat> they kind of teach people how they should be in relationships. But I don't do that. I'm not judgmental. And I don't feel like I'm here to tell you what to do. I kind of ask people, what do you want to do? And I say, let's clarify that. And let's set a plan for you to have that in the most ideal fashion. So again, if a woman wants to be, you know, a slut. I'm not knocking it. I'll just give her some instructions on how she can do that effectively. You categorize women into three categories, right? Um, could, could you explain what those cat categories are and, and why did you find such a simplistic way to, to define that? Absolutely. So I categorize both men and women in three categories. So we'll start with the women. And the reason for this is very important. It's probably the most fundamental thing a man needs to understand when in the dating field. And that is when you go into a situation where you want to attract a partner, you have to, and this is my little quote, I say, the game is about being able to see reality as clearly as possible and then to be able to respond to it appropriately. So a lot of times a man will see a beautiful woman and he'll be like, I want that woman. The game doesn't work like that. 
you have to meet the woman and understand what kind of woman is in front of you to know how to handle her accordingly. Because if she's beautiful and she presents well, but she's a hoe and you're trying to make her a wife, you know the old saying, you can't turn a hoe into a housewife. Yes. A men do this a lot, right? Especially guys who like to go out. We're in nice cities. You're in LA, New York. You're in Spain now. You see a lot of beautiful women. A lot of women have like a idea in mind today where they want to have lifestyle. So a lot of women are indirect hoes today. So I classify women into three categories. You have wives, you have sluts, and you have hoes. A wife, and it's all about what her priority is. A wife is a woman looking for relationship and connection. The money is less important. Having fun is less important. A slut is primarily looking for fun. The relationship is on the back burner. The money is kind of irrelevant. She wants to have a good time. A lot of them use drugs. They party a lot, sleep around, et cetera. And the last category is ho. And I, I don't mean any of these derogatory, by the way. I'm just in terms of uh, facts of the matter, right? Yes. A ho, traditionally speaking, is simply a woman of the night. So you have everything from an actual street walking prostitute to an OnlyFans girl, to a stripper, to a gold digger. Those are hoes. They're in the game for money. The relationship is not important. The emotions are not important. Having fun is not even important as long as the money is on the table. So that's kind of how I break it down. Wow. And how did you how did you get into this? Because I, I saw um, a lot of your videos and I was very impressed by the knowledge. And I, I, I saw a lot of it that... Um, I also read in books, like self-development books. Um, mm -hmm. So I studied psychology myself, but um, also uh, books like uh, Mastery by Robert Greene, uh, mm -hmm. King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, other mm -hmm. books that I've discovered before in my podcast. But how, how did you get into this? And like how many years before that did you like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go all in on, on this self-development? Totally. So the book King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, by the way, I love that book. Uh, I saw you had Elliot Hulse on recently. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. I got to meet him in Florida. I, I believe he still lives there. Anyway, um, love that dude. Love that dude. But anyway, so the short answer to the long story is that my, my journey into self-development was that I grew up in absolute poverty. Um, I had a two-parent household, but it was extremely abusive. So we grew up under what I would call extreme domestic violence. And also we had a mother who was being abused by our father as well. Now, what I knew as a child was, because I was always smart. What I knew as a child was, I wanted a way out of this situation where I could just be free. So when my parents separated, my father made good money, but the money was gone. So we moved to the projects in the United States. If you're familiar with that kind of housing. Yes. Um, so yep, we're in the projects. We're living on section eight from the time I'm 11 through high school, right? So what I relied on was just being good at school. I also used to dance and stuff. So I got scholarship to go to college. So I go to university in Georgia. And in university, I get into a sales job. Now, my mentor exposed me to my first book, Think and Grow Rich. So at 18 years old, I read Think and Grow Rich. And he sits down with me and he shows me how to create a financial plan, how to create a, a sales plan, a full sales cycle. And he shows me that the way to becoming successful financially is through self-development. Now, I was going after the money, right? 
I, I was not going after just being a better version of myself. But in reading these books, Thinking Grow Rich, The Magic of Believing, The Magic of Thinking Big to start with, what happened was I finally started to recognize that I had a low confidence. My self-image wasn't great. So the books and the knowledge that I got from them kind of gave me a tool to work on myself. And then I started becoming happier. My energy got better. I became less angry. And I noticed that as I changed on the inside, the world around me started changing. Better friends, better girls, better relationship, and just enjoying life more. And, and I am making more money at this point. So long story short, I, I was following a company online, Real Social Dynamics. They don't exist anymore. Do you, have you heard of them by chance? I've not heard of them, no. Okay, so they split up in like 2019, but at their peak, they were the biggest self-development company in the world, particularly with the dating advice stuff. On a side note, I'm not a pickup artist, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're kind of, we're in that space. So they posted that they were hiring for marketing and sales. I applied, they offered me an internship. So I'm in college, I switched to online classes, moved to Orlando, Florida, start the internship, then moved to Vegas. I'm only 21 at the time. And then I'm out there around these guys who have built incredibly large followings, that do seminars internationally. And I'm around them on a daily basis learning the self-development, learning the game, watching them coach. And I was with them for almost five years, traveling around, going to their seminars and coaching programs. So that was how I got into the game. I can go deeper on this. When I moved back to Vegas, if you don't mind me like kind of talking about something. Oh, yes, no, absolutely. Because, okay, because okay. I definitely want to find out, um, mm. it, it, you know, where this all started. And also, you know, and this is what we're go, we'll go after uh, on as well, but your whole posture. Um, like I, 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 I've always been a big posture guy. Like mm -hmm. I, when I was back, when I was like eight, now almost 10 years ago, when I left the military, um, I was a personal trainer, won a Dutch fitness awards. And I was always really invested in posture, you know, during trainings and you were like in every video, I see you, you know, just like your, your right, energy, right. your posture. So that, that's something I, I want to get into too. But first, you know, uh, allow us to understand, like, how did you get into the whole personal development coaching? Yeah. For sure, for sure. So after working with the company, I'm, I relocate back to Vegas just because there's no, when you get used to living here, there's just no city like Vegas. You can do whatever you want, whenever you want, yeah. seven days a week. So I'm back here. I'm going out like every day, basically. Now being out in Vegas, you meet all kinds of people. So I'm meeting normal people and I'm meeting street people. You meet like women who are just here to have fun. You're also meeting a lot of prostitutes. And I met some guys who were basically pimps. And I never got into that lifestyle, but I was super fascinated with understanding their dynamic, right? Yes. So having conversations with these guys, I would just ask questions like, hey, man, and this was critical to me learning the game. I said, hey, man, you know, I'm not being judgmental, but why does this woman who's attractive, she's not on drugs, she's beautiful. Why does she go sleep with dudes and bring you all the money back to her? I, I couldn't get it. And he was like, look, bro. If a woman is in love with you, she'll give you anything. And that didn't click in my mind over like the next year or so after hearing that and thinking about it, I realized the secret to connecting with a woman is through her heart. So in my videos, I say this often, you have to get inside of a woman's mind and then into her heart. When you get the heart, you get the body, you get her whole self. 
men have been conditioned to approach women by trying to impress them, by using money, and by bragging about their accomplishments and trying to be of service to women to make them want to be with them. And it actually works in reverse. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I got into the game. And from that point, I just started learning more and I started coaching. Incredible. Now, super, super impressive. Um, now, like what, what I, what, what, what was your opinion on like, because society has been changing and is mm -hmm. so rapidly in, in our dynamics because of the internet and also how um, like women and men interact. And I also hear a lot of relationships that are dysfunctional um, because of they don't understand where they are. They don't understand where they start. They don't. And what I loved when I, and I think this is what you addressed in your videos as well. You said, what, what was she doing before you met her? What was mm -hmm. he doing before you met her? Like, are you aware of really what, what you, what you want? And I think this is something that is so important to understand because you cannot really change a person even like, and, and that's something where I think we feel we're like in this, this, these dysfunctional relationships. And, and unfortunately, this is the majority of the time. Look at, just look at the divorce rates and, 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 you know, where we are right now in, in, in dating land, I think it's an ex extreme challenge. And I think that's where like you stepping in this game and trying to help and educate and coach young men, I think it's extremely important. Um, what, what were your, biggest findings right now and the, the men that you approach and the men that reach out to you um and what what could you what for what for advice could you give these people sure so to kind of respond to the first part of what you were saying about not being able to change a person that's deep so it's a very simple concept uh the reason you want to look at what a person was doing prior to them meeting you is when someone is single living their life enjoying themselves that's who they are. Like, that's what they want to do. But the problem is men and women both, you find someone who you find attractive, um, someone who you would ideally want to be with, but there's, there's a misalignment between the agendas that you both have in life and a relationship. So again, a lot of guys, they find a girl who's hot, but she just wants to have fun. She wants to be around guys with money. She's not actually looking to be a domestic kind of wife. But what they try to do is, they figure if I <clears throat> spend enough time with the woman, show her that I'm a great guy and show her a good time with me, eventually she'll want to settle down because she'll realize what's in front of her. And it just doesn't work that way. The woman can recognize that you're a good guy, but that's not going to mean that she wants to give up what she was seeking for you. And the same thing with women. And, you know, society's changing a lot. Uh, there's a big movement for women to become more independent and that's happening today and men have classically been conditioned to provide for women and like that's kind of how we get women so what we have are in society we have men who don't actually know how to value themselves and we have a lot of women who don't know what the value of a man is so you know men have relied on their money in the past and now that women have money Men don't know what they can offer to a woman, but the most valuable thing you can offer to a woman is not your money. While you, while you should take care of your woman, mm -hmm. your most valuable thing is your mind. It's your leadership capacity. And a woman's most valuable thing that she can offer to a man is her feminine energy to fill up the man, give him some inspiration, some motivation, because women are feminine creatures living in the flow of emotions in the moment. 
And men, we live in our minds. We're looking at the future, long-term vision, direction. That separates us from our body, which means that we don't have the emotional flow that women get to experience. So when we're unified properly, masculine, feminine, the man is full with the woman's emotions, but the woman doesn't have to worry about her own direction. She can rely on the man for direction. But people kind of don't understand that dynamic. So women today don't know how to be with a man, right? And a lot of men who don't understand their value as leaders have typically been very controlling in relationships. I call them handcuffers. Uh, they're basically simps and tricks. And a lot of women don't want to be with that kind of man because it's a toxic relationship. He's demanding, he's controlling. He doesn't know how to just give a woman direction and let her follow. He has to like make her do it, if that makes any sense. So that's kind of in my mind where we're at today. And I think what men need to do first and foremost is discover their purpose in life and work on their self-development. A lot of people say, go to the money. I say, go to the money third. Know your purpose, where you're going long-term, what your life is gonna be about. Work on your self-development, develop your confidence, develop your ability to lead. If you wanna lead women, you need to be qualified to lead women, right? Just having money is not enough. If you can't give a woman an upgrade psychologically, and if you can't upgrade her in terms of self-development and make her a better woman, then she needs a man more qualified to lead her than you, if that makes any sense. And yeah, that's, that's my recommendation. Now, once you can do that, work on your career, follow your purpose, make money. Do you think the internet has a positive influence on men and women and how their self-concept um, right. is, is created? My, and I, my, my, my take, on, take on it is this. I believe that there are so many distractions right now. There's so much information um, that I think our phones and social media and the internet, the matrix, if you will, is programmed in a way that it continues for us to be distracted, to always look for the next, next best thing, to lose a, a sense of values, Christian values, if you will, but also a certain sense of morality. Where always the next controversial point of view is being addressed or being shared, or the more confusion is being caused, is picked up by the algorithm in a way that serves nobody. In fact, it confuses people, men and women, even more. Therefore, when we do get into a relationship, we don't have a good self concept or experience to understand. Um, more about ourselves. And I think it's it's extremely concerning to see that a lot of these people right now are struggling in relationships and finding a good partner. And so I want to I want to hear your opinion on, on like how the internet serves us or takes away from who we are and how our relationship dynamics should be structured. Sure. We probably have similar opinions. I mean mm -hmm. for guys like me and you it's excellent. It's a tool that lets us connect with people all over the world. We get to access information to increase our knowledge base. And we get to learn how to implement more of the plans that we want to implement in life, thanks to the internet. Um, however, for people who don't have a dedicated purpose, men and women, the internet is distracting. They're consuming a lot of meaningless content. Okay. And as far as dating and relationships go, I would say primarily with women, 
they have what seems to be unlimited options that aren't real options. But for women, they think just posting beautiful photos and getting likes and attention that they think that that equates or translates into what their value is. And they think that just because some rich guy in Europe likes her photo, that she might actually be with that guy, right? Yeah. And I think women kind of then move based on that. And they now, like on the internet, you're seeing a lot of flexing and you're seeing a lot of people trying to show a flashy lifestyle. So women who are in like a normal middle America town are looking at this yacht lifestyle, jet setting lifestyle, and they don't want to settle for the guy who works at the. Sorry, my, my puppy is being a little. Uh... Oh, you're good, man. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, pretty dog. Keep going. That's uh, that's Jay, guys. Yeah, yeah. What kind of dog is that? Yeah, five months old. Oh, okay. little bad boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So women, kind of today, they don't want to settle for a common guy. And I made a, a video recently where I was talking to a young lady, and she's like, "Well, I need a man who's on my level." But with, to to women today, that that basically means the guy who's making six figures plus, which is a very small percentage of men in the world, right? Um. So yeah, man, I think the internet basically is very distracting. I think it gives people a delusional sense or perception of reality. And I think, you know, I think I feel like me and you are a bit older, but when I was growing up, like I grew up in a Christian household, going to church in a smaller town where the older people around me in the community taught me the importance of having character, having values, having ethics and a sense of morality. Today, that's not being propagated on social media. Like it's rare that you scroll across a video that's talking about the, the, the importance of being an honest, good person. It's always like, can you make this money? Can you say, fuck your job? Like, can you get this bad beast? It's always something like that. Or the grass is greener somewhere else. Yes. Right? Um, and, and yeah, I think also for men that are not structured or not grounded or didn't have any experience with other women, I, I, I truly think that I... I spoke with Elliot Holes on this as well. Mm -hmm. uh, like we, we recorded like many, many things together. And so he's very under the impression, like, you know, when you're young, marry, marry your childhood girlfriend and, you know, stay with him forever. My opinion is a little different. Mm -hmm. I do think when you're young, like having more experience with women um, actually makes you understand what you want, who you are and build your self-concept. Because what I see happening a lot is that later on when um, in the marriage, four, five, six, seven years down the line, you know, I, I, I don't know, like I might want to try something else. Causes problems in a relationship. Like, you know, if you've already been around and you already know that it's not just about pussy, it's not just about like that, like it's just sex is just like a, a part of it. And you truly build something emotional with one woman and you make that exponentially bigger every single day by growing together. If you have the experience before that you know that that is maturity, that that is what matters, that that is the best sex you can have, then you're not looking around. Then there is no interest for you to be around other women anymore. Mm -hmm. But when you don't have that experience, I, I, I can only imagine that you're like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm on Instagram, right? I'm on the internet. I'm on TikTok, whatever you are. And I'm seeing all these beautiful women. I want to I try some other ass. You know, like, I mean, I get it. Like I can only imagine, but like that's why I'm not, I'm not ashamed to tell you about my past. I needed that to to be where I am now. 
mentally, my psychology books didn't teach me. My, my, my courses didn't teach me. My experience did. What, are your, what is your take on that? I completely agree, man. Um, and I respect Elliot Hulse. He has a rare situation that works today for him. Yeah. That's an old school value, believing that you should kind of marry and spend the rest of your life with your first love. Because we're always going to have a first love in high school or something like that. Yeah. And back in the day, that used to work. But that was before they had social media. And that was before they could watch other people party. This is just not realistic, man. So yeah. for men, um, I think what men need to do is spend their early years again, find your purpose, work on self-development, but definitely experience women. I kind of agree with Fresh and Fit on this as well. Like experience women and get to understand women, <clears throat> especially women of today, because you're going to have to learn how to make the clear distinction between is this a wife? <clears throat> or is this another kind of woman? The worst thing a man can do is be well on his way to success, but have hooked up with a woman who he didn't know was low-key a hoe or a slut. Because what's going to happen is when he gets the money, eventually she's going to leave him and take half his net worth. And that's tragic. That happens to a lot of men. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So for one, you know, you do need to experience women just to know what's out there, to know what your taste is, and to get your perspective clear on what's important to you and knowing what you want. And then number two, you need to understand women so you don't get played. Because the court system, I'm not sure how it is in Europe, but for sure in America, the court system is absolutely not in your favor. A woman could be married to you for 10 years, cheat on you, and still take half your money. So that's just how it rocks. With women, though, the thing with women is you need to preserve the value that you have so in your 20s i know it's tempting to go party and have fun i'm not saying don't do that but be aware that as your body count increases your value as a long-term partner decreases drastically and you can sit here and say all day that it's a double standard it's not fair again the game is not about trying to make your ideals conform to or it's not about making reality conform to you. It's about conforming to reality, what reality is. And if the men in the world view a woman who has a high body count as low value, then you can you, you have to accept that. Now, you don't have to abide by it, right? You can, you can get your body count up, have fun. Just know what comes with that. If you want to be valued by a man of means later in life, then you need to preserve the value that you have. Have few partners, have as little baggage as you can right and work on valuing your own feminine energy above everything else and you will find a man to take care of you question that came in just now is how do you find high quality women that want to be in a square relationship where do you find them these days because and i kind of like relate to this to this question to myself because i'm like i wouldn't know honestly like for sure yeah like, okay, this is an excellent question, dude. Um, there is no place to really go today where you're like guaranteed going to find that woman or even more likely to. What about church? <laughs> I don't think so, man. I don't think so. I think the odds are better in church, but I think it's acceptable today that people go to church and also live a party lifestyle. And it's like back in the day, people would have looked at you funny, but now I think it's just more acceptable. So more people do it. But um, here's what I would say. I think here's the best answer. What I really advocate to men 
is what I call campaigning. So, so campaigning, this is why I don't call myself a pickup artist. All right, the difference between what pickup artists do and what I try to teach is pickup artists basically promote themselves to women. They go out and they try to get them. Like they try to go up and impress them, try to use their energy, their charisma, their enthusiasm, verbal game and stuff like that to like, you know, move the woman through a process and eventually get her. I say, like, forget all that. Know who you are, know your value as a man and go out and campaign to women. Let them know who you are. Let them know what your agenda is. Let them know where you're going. And if, and they, they have to, to elect you, they have to choose. You probably heard that before. Like a woman has to choose you. You can't choose the woman. So the most important thing that you can do is put yourself in front of as many women as you can, you know, and find the woman who wants to kind of pursue you and follow your leadership. Because if you first meet a woman and you have to do a bunch of stuff to convince her that she should be with you, then you're setting the dynamic for how the relationship is going to go in the long term. You're going to constantly be trying to keep that woman inside your life because you had to convince her to be there. She didn't choose. So when you go out here and simply put your game out and let women see who you are, you'll find a few women who are like, that's the dude. I'm following him. <clears throat> and your, your dynamic with that woman will, will be so much easier. It's going to cost you so much less money, so much less energy. And you're, you're going to get more out of her. She's going to want to be of service to you because basically she believes in you. So you, today, you can go to the lounges, you can go to the clubs, go to the beach, go to Whole Foods, grocery store, whatever, go to farmers, markets, cafes. Just meet women, man. Like, because you're mostly going to meet sluts and hoes. Let's just be honest. But uh, if you campaign enough, you're going to come up on some quality dimes. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. So if you don't campaign a lot, though, then you're, the probability of, of just chance meeting a real good quality housewife is low, dude. You know, back in 1950, it was high. All you had to do was go to church. That's just not today. Yeah. It's just like, as, as somebody right now, right? Like, I'm, I'm 29. And I am genuinely worried because I know in my peer group right now, there's good men that want a family life. They want, they don't want to go out and they're done with that, you know? And it's like, they come to me and they're like, Jess, I feel like every time I go on a date, it's like, I feel so detached. I feel like, I can't align myself and my worldviews and my beliefs for the future to have a similar legacy. Uh, they don't respect me or themselves as, as how, how, you know, as, as a high value woman with class and con conducts herself in a way that's respectful. You know, she's, she's craving so much attention from other men still while being with me. Like these are characteristics that are so engraved in a lot of women that I, I really want to address and touch on this topic because it's, it's, it's being asked by a lot of people. And I, I love what you say there. And I think that in a lot of ways, you have to cultivate your own self as much as you can by attracting that right women. And, and, and I honestly, 
feel that's not going to be the chances of that meeting in a club is, is non-existent. I'm just going to be completely honest. I, I have to disagree with that. I do think that you should be conscious of like, where will, where will you be to find those and attract those kind of people? You know, uh, that, that is extremely important. Um, and it's, 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 inter- it's very important to understand these differences and also be aware of, okay, I'm now at this pool party. I'm now at this club, but like what, what kind of women, what is happening guys? Okay. You're still there. Yeah. Can you see me? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yo, one second. I need to grab a cough drop. Of course, man. Okay. Let me pause it real quick. <clears throat> So where, um, like, would you say you think that men struggle the most? Like, they'd come to you and say, hey, um, I, I really feel lonely. I'm, I'm struggling with, with, with finding a good woman that can stay with me, that I can build with, that I can build a legacy with, that respects me. Um, and you meet a lot of those men, right? Indeed. So look, I'm in the same age group as you. I'm 30. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, as, as young men, we were told that if you study hard, go to university, get a good career, or even start a business, go down the entrepreneurial path, when you become successful, then you'll get women who want to be with you. So what happened, what's happening now is we've done that. So a lot of us at this age of upper 20s, lower 30s, we're at the point where we're financially stable and we have resources. And now all we want is a good woman right? And this wasn't my experience. And I understand it wasn't your experience, but most guys were not players, right? Like they weren't spending their twenties hooking up with a bunch of females. And most guys, they, they always just wanted a beautiful woman who wanted to, you know, serve them, be the wife in the relationship. And we're not saying that in a way where we mean, we want you to be subservient to me. It, we mean that we want someone that we can take care of. Well, that's what those guys mean. Like they want someone they can take care of with these resources they've accumulated and they just want to have a family and they want to have a woman that respects them. But what, what they're finding is that through their 20s, when they were working on their come up financially, women were playing them to the left. Women didn't respect them because they didn't have any money. They also didn't have any game and swag. So like women wanted, you know, they just didn't like them like that. So these guys now are at a point where they've been spending over a decade becoming successful to take care of a family and a woman. And now women are at a place where either they're used to that party lifestyle, having fun, hanging out with dudes, going on boats, stuff like that. And they don't know, really, really know how to settle down with a man and just be with one man and like not be distracted by everything else going on in the world. Or they've spent their 20s building their own career. So now the thing is, there's a saying I heard once, when a man gets money, he says, great, now I can take care of my woman. When a woman gets money, she says, great, now I don't need a man. So 
the, the challenge we have is women are being told have fun and have a career. Yeah. And it's not going to work in a, in a relationship with a man who's masculine, who wants a woman to take care of because he wants to be the leader in the household in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And he wants a woman who wants to play the role of just taking care of the house, kind of playing number two and going along with the program that he sees best. But women today that don't want to do that. And this and something else I want to touch on. And this is very important for women to understand. And men. When I said earlier, a woman needs to preserve her value, her feminine energy, and we have to protect that as a, as a culture. Um, you have to understand, a woman is born with all the eggs she's ever going to have. And this is actually scientifically true. This isn't like philosophy. A woman is born with all the eggs she has. Every experience that a woman goes through in life actually imprints upon the DNA of those eggs. You can look that up. That's real. So every trauma that a woman has, like, God forbid something bad happened to her in her family. Every traumatic experience she goes through with a man is actually impacting the genetics that are going to transfer to her offspring. So this is very important because women are the progenitors of society. So the quality of the next generation is going to be determined by how well we protect and preserve the purity of the woman. And I think that's what a lot of cultures, like in the Islamic culture, that that they try to touch on, like yeah. women are not are not supposed to be exploited, etc. Obviously, they go too far in many cases, but there is some good value in that, in the fact that a woman should not be out here using drugs, getting ran through by a bunch of men, getting treated bad by a bunch of different men, because all of that affects the woman. As men, our sperm cycle uh, it restarts like every thirty days or so. You know, we, we have, like, it just, it just restarts and purifies. It's not the same with women. So, yeah, um, that's what I think, man. And, like, I think when, as men, we understand that, number one, we shouldn't be treating women the way that some of us do, right? Like, giving them drugs, taking them out, treating them like shit, et cetera. But, but most importantly, women, like, you don't have to accept that. So when people tell you, yeah, girl, like go party, go take some Molly, go to this EDM concert, like don't do that shit. And if, when you understand how valuable you are from birth, and when you understand that all that you have to do to be qualified to be in a relationship with a high value man is simply try to be as pure as you can because you were born with all the value you need, then you won't understand or you won't even want to do that stuff. As men, we have to earn our value women are born with it so it's just two different dynamics i i i'm looking down sometimes because all the questions just came in there was like some kind of delay um and i wrote them down um sure yes uh this is from from the members of my uh patreon that got the exclusive first live podcast access um okay this is interesting um very interesting question. Thank you, John. So uh, there's a, a question here, um, and I, I'm going to paraphrase it. Um, financially independent guy um, has a woman who likes to be dominant, um, aka role play, uh, BDSM. Do you think a, a relationship like that is long-term sustainable? Uh, yes or no? Um, good, super good question. I, I like this one. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. So first of all, 
if a woman wants to be dominant in the relationship, no, we're not talking about the bedroom. I know the question is about the bedroom though, but I just want to throw this out there. If a woman wants to be dominant in the actual relationship, that's not going to work unless you're a feminine man. You know what I mean? Now, yeah. which is why a lot of modern women can't be with men because they're too masculine internally. Anyway, now, uh, so this is interesting. A lot of guys don't know this, especially inexperienced guys. So women's deepest desire is to surrender to a man, right? Surrender to his leadership in life and give all of herself to the man. Now, they don't get to experience that in real life because they often don't need a man who's really qualified for that or they feel comfortable doing that with life. So what happens is it kind of comes out in the bedroom in kinky ways. So women, yeah, women want to be dominated. Yeah. And a woman wants to feel her man's ravishment. She wants to feel that her man is consuming her, like devouring her. And she wants to feel like she's just giving everything to him. So if you've ever had like really freaky sex or kinky sex, you know, women will say stuff like, do whatever you want with me, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And it just goes a step further, like when women want like actual physical domination, being hit to experience that pain, the pleasure, the passion that comes from that, that's what that is. I don't think that's a bad thing. Like I've definitely met some super feminine women who are like into that kind of stuff. It's not yeah. my thing so much, but I wouldn't say that. As she's long as it's consensual, yeah. Oh, um, but the, yeah. The, the question is like, what if she is the dominant? What if she is, oh, is the dominatrix? Oh, interesting, That's, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because I'm misinterpreting. The, the then we talk about a deeper underlying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can explain passion. that too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to segue off and come back. So let me explain why women hoe. And that seems irrelevant, but it's relevant. So when a woman grows up, her experience with the masculine entities in her life kind of forms her relationship to the masculine. So here's what's common. They have a bad relationship with their father or some other male figure in their early life, or they had a good relationship, but a disappointing relationship. That's super common. So either the father left a bad impression or his impression just wasn't thorough enough. Regardless, women grow up with a lack of trust for the man and kind of a disdain for the man. So if a lot of women see their mother having to struggle to work to pay bills alongside their father, and they lose a lot of respect for their father watching that happen, and they kind of develop a negative taste in their mouth for men, like a, a low-key hatred. So what happens is when the women go out here as adults and date, they're supposed to submit in a relationship and they know that, but something inside them can't let them submit because they don't respect masculinity. So what happens is, Hoes become hoes because they're able to control and dominate men sexually. A lot of hoes will actually tell you, like if you ask them, why do you do it? They'll say, well, I'm the one dictating what happens. I'm the one telling you what price is going to be. I'm saying what we're going to do, what we're not going to do. And then she always has the man kind of at her fingertips, controlling him, manipulating him. So what happens is in relationships for women who aren't like full-blown hoes, they get into a thing where they want to be in control of their man, right? So they're either going to dominate him in the BDSM way, or they're going to be in a relationship where they're just kind of butt shaming him and controlling him indirectly. Like, does that make any sense? So I would say a woman like that probably has a, a unhealthy relationship with men inside of her. And I would say stay away. Really? Wow. Okay. That, that is like, there, there's a lot of, um, um, bombs being dropped in his podcast um I, th I think this is a tough one 
I think I'm, I'm a, you know, and we don't have to 100% agree on everything, but I, I hear what you say, and I agree on, on some things that you say, which is everything that we are right now and our sexual dynamics are all from our, you know, based on what we what we experienced in our past. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have daddy issues, some people have mommy issues, some people like to be, you know, um, tempered a certain way. That's why you have all these different fetishes, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we all have fat fetishes, but understand that they are formed because of certain experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, in our past. So if you identify that, you can better place it and also understand what's going on in your sexual dynamic and have respect and maybe understanding for it. Because if, you're, if your partner comes to you, let's say you're, you're married or you're not married and you say, hey, listen, um, I, I really love you, babe, but um, I would love to tie you up and you know make you my dog. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that she doesn't respect you as your man. But in, in a sexual dynamic, in a role play, she wants to let go of um, her, her submissive nature. She wants to experiment with her masculine energy because we all have masculine and feminine energy. And sometimes, fair, fair. you know what I mean? So I, 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 yeah. I think if it's like that and if, it, if, it's, if it's tied to a role play and, and experimenting, I don't think it necessarily has to do, be with, oh, this woman doesn't, doesn't respect you. In fact, I think she does respect you enough to be open and honest to you that she can right. experiment with that. She's um, comfortable. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Very um, good point. Yeah. If if it if it's not just role playing and she treats you like a dog after right. that, right. well, right. listen, step away. She got to respect you as you know you you can be submissive, you know, uh-huh, you know, you can have your fun, but then hey, listen. After that, I let okay, we're we're done the role playing, da da da. You got to be the leader. You got to be the man. Because I mean, otherwise it's going to be dysfunctional and it's going to be, you know, one of those relationships where you're, you either have to be a feminine man or, or, um, accept, accept a relationship that's, that's, um, upside down. Yeah, dude. Good point, man. It's all about the difference between, is this something that happens every now and then, or is this like the norm? And that's why I say you can go to the lounge. I know like 90% of them there, you know, are about the party life, but Every girl is going to go out once, twice a year at least, yeah. right? So if you catch a woman on that random night out, that's different than like a girl who's at the club every weekend and knows every promoter. Also true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wow. Deep stuff, man. Um, so yeah, and, and by the way, I am not biased because I'm pro BDSM. I'm saying this from a psychological oh, point yeah, of view. Like, like because I completely understand that any king or BDSM, like, it's all coming forward to some kind of interest and also some mm-hmm. kind of like um, primal um, yeah. force that wants us to experiment and and like hey, one and if you do that in a, con- a consent of with your partner, you can be open and honest to each other. I think that's that's beautiful. I think you always got to be open and honest with your partner. Like even if you things go bad, communicate that you wanna. Um, you know, be be submissive. You want to be dominant. You want to try that out. But be, as long as it's with each other, you know, because you're 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 experimenting together. I think that's beautiful, because a lot of times, if you're like afraid to share things or you can't mm-hmm. communicate openly, that's the start of of a mm-hmm. lot of dysfunction later on. So you better just express what you feel in a very respectful manner. Um, so I, I love this question. I love this point. Uh, we differ a little bit about the explanation, but that's okay. I I do hope you're helped with this, John. Um, because again, um, it's also, it's also what you like, right? Like if you, if you genuinely like, there are, I know men extremely, especially here in Marbella, there's so many wealthy people, right? 
I know a bunch of them that are in 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 a relationship where they kind of like let the woman control everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and sometimes it's like, oh my God, this is a little sad because he can't even speak for himself. But then also the guy kind of like gets off on it. You know, he's like, he's like, oh, this is hot. Like she she's my dominatrix or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if 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 it's like that, I mean. Yeah, dude, no, that's yeah. Look, I had a homegirl that was from LA and she yeah. was uh, she was a dom. She was a dominatrix by trade. Yeah. So her clients were millionaires and stuff like that. Oh god. And the, the thing is, like, they're so in control and they're so used to be, yeah. uh, people being like at their submission in life that like they get off on it sexually. So it's like yeah. a time where they just get to be humiliated and like to be dominated by a woman, especially like a smaller one, stuff like that. That's a big thing. So yeah, what you're saying is super valid, dude. However, I agree that in its core, that a woman likes to be led. A woman likes mm-hmm. a man to lead. And that's why I always say role-playing is one thing, but keeping the dynamic there mm-hmm. or not is, can change the course of your relationship. Because the moment she has no clear line of where it's the bedroom and where it's normal life, mm-hmm. she will not respect you. Mm-hmm. And she will start treating you bad she will do whatever she wants you know she's like so that's very very important um uh then uh, another question um what is your take on the extreme ex- increase of single moms mm-hmm. and um, do you recommend um uh, relationships with single moms good point um that's a big question so Here's kind of my philosophy. I'd be interested to hear what you think about this too. So here's what I think, man. I think when you look at, I'm talking about American society, when you look at America up to around the 1950s, 60s, mm-hmm. we had a male-dominated society. We have a female-dominated society today, contrary to what people think. And back in the day, consumerism was not what it is today. Back in the day, most people were married. And if you, you were a traveling salesperson and you were trying to go sell a, an expensive vacuum to a house, you would go during the day while the man's at work and sell it to the woman. The man would get off work, see what you bought, and be like, oh, no, take that shit back. Men don't really spend money like that. We're not major consumers. Women make up, I think, over 80% of consumerism in the, uh, in the economy. So I believe that the powers that be, whatever, like conspiracy, I believe that they created a society of men who don't value themselves and women who run the household basically indirectly. So the man may still make the money today, but he's being led by his woman. And they did that in order to increase consumerism because now you can sell a whole bunch of superfluous, unnecessary items. And I'm not, I'm not saying this disrespectfully, right? I'm just being real. Yeah. So that's what we have. Now, why do we have so many single moms? Basically because as, the, as society, and I'm just being honest, has become more and more liberal and women have been conditioned over time to be what they would consider to be more equal to men. And I can break that down in a second, but women are going out more. Women have their own careers. The more independent a woman becomes, the more masculine she becomes. The more masculine she becomes, the more she's going to act like a man, meaning she's going to have promiscuity, 
multiple sex partners because I can do whatever I want. I can take care of myself. So what's going to happen is you're going to have a lot more women who are not in relationships, first of all, because they're just living the single life. Number two, they're promiscuous. So the odds of them getting impregnated by somebody go up. And then number three, they're, they're masculine and relationships don't work with them. So that's why they're single. So you have single moms because of that in a male, I mean, in a, in a female dominated society. And so, so the, the, the question here that was asked in the chat, um, would you recommend dating single moms? Do you think it's, it's, um, something because statistically, uh, the statistics are there. It's, it's usually not successful and For why, sure. and, and I, I can, I can start answering as well. Like, I, I think usually it's because it's, it's what I see around me, right? Like I, I am in a position myself where like I am discovering like my own way, mm -hmm. but what I see around me is that the approach is that, okay, we're just getting into this. We, we have no plan. Um, you're just a third wheel. You can play daddy for as long as it's good, but the moment something goes wrong, you know, you're, you're not, you're not in that role anymore. You're just, you're just there. And um, that I think for in order for those relationships to work, I'm not saying they're not going to work, even though statistics are, are against you. And I would say make a good structure for yourself and your partner and, and, and let her understand that there's a hierarchy, right? You two are the leaders. There is a baby from, from another man. What is the role of that baby daddy or whatever, right? or the mom, whatever, it's, it's, it's important to really have that structure and to also understand what is the age of the child? Is it, is it young? Is it older? You know, like, and what is the perspective of the mom and how does she handle it together? But this is my take. I don't know what your take is on it. Um, but I, I think the hierarchy is number one. And if people just, oh, let's just go with the flow. It just, it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So we have a similar take. So yeah. I'll answer it two ways. Yeah. I'm going to answer it for men first. Yeah. Now, because I have to advise my guys in the best way, like looking out for their best interests. If a woman's a single mom, there's a reason, right? If she had sex at a young age and got pregnant and never got married, that's a problem. If she was an adult and being promiscuous or just living a single life and got pregnant, whatever, or was in a relationship, got pregnant, and then the relationship didn't work, these are all problems, right? So first and foremost, if you're a man, especially a man of means, and you've worked hard to build your resources, you want to put your resources into your own legacy. And putting them into another man's seed is not ideal, right? Like I did not become a millionaire so I could take care of some other man's genetics. Now I want, I want to propagate my own children so they can carry out my legacy and my genes, right? If you're a more average man still, you're draining your resources by taking care of another man's child that with the woman you're with. And also you got to look at the baggage that a woman has from that. When you date a single mom, is the father alive? If he is, he's going to be in her life. So now you're going to have his input into your household. There's no way around that. It's, it's people talk about the whole co-parenting and having a, a relationship with the, uh, the ex, et cetera. It's, it's not, it's not fully realistic. It's always going to be an issue. Even if a man has like a baby by another woman, her influence is going to be on the house. You know what I mean? So it's the same yeah. thing. 
So my recommendation is do your self-development, learn the game, learn successful women, get your money and resources up and go get a qualified woman to be with you. And in my opinion, I would never tell you to sit down and write a visualization and an action plan to achieve a single mom. You're not gonna write that. You're gonna say, I wanna achieve a woman who has low baggage, who has a low body count, mm -hmm. who wants to be a wife, who wants to follow my leadership, and you wanna go with that. It's not ideal. So I'm never gonna like tell someone to strive for something that's not ideal. Now, for women though, just to be sympathetic, if you happen to be a single mom, it's okay. What I would say is you need to understand, just to be harsh, that, that men are looking at that as a negative attribute. You have to be realistic about it. And you shouldn't feel that, well, he should just understand and be sympathetic. That's just not reality. A man doesn't owe you that. So knowing that the man is viewing the kid as baggage, you need to do a little bit extra. And I know it sounds unfair, but you need to do a little bit extra to make up for that in the relationship. Make sure you're cooperative. Make sure that you're easy to get along with. Make sure your communication is clear and honest. And, you know, just do your best to be a submissive, good, quality partner. If you do that, there are plenty of men who are stable, who are good guys, that would still be with you. Now, guys who are highly successful probably won't go for it, right? So you're going to have to understand you're probably going to sell for a more average man, and that's fine. But you're still going to have to respect him. Wow, powerful, man. I love that you approach this from both sides um, in, a, in a very honest and respectful manner, by the way. Um, I'm processing this right now. And I think that because, because of course, we have this vision board, right? It's just mm -hmm. that like it, in my vision board, let, let's say it was never in my vision board that I was going to move out here. Like, let me right. tell you why. I came, I traveled all over the world and I was like, okay, what is the best place to like actually settle down geographically, economically? And it was here. So, and, and then you meet somebody, you fall in love. Is that in your vision board? No, it happens, right? You fall into love. You, you have no control over it. You let yourself fall. And I think it's a beautiful thing. It's also a scary thing. It's a very difficult thing. It's not just about love. And I think that's something that um, when you do experience that and there is, you know, you are dealing with a single mom, I think you have to really sit down and have a good conversation about like, hey, how are we going to do this? Um, but but I, I understand what you're saying. I, I get it. Um, it's just that you gotta you gotta approach it both ways like that. And and yeah, um, yeah. it's 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 a very difficult task at hand. I think if you if you think that it's just gonna go oh what the like, look at the statistics. Most of the times there's going to be dysfunction. There's going to be uh, you know problems in the relationship or later on because there's no structure, there's no hierarchy, and you're not fully respected as the dad. You're only a dad when it's convenient, okay? And you will never be that for the kid either, mm -hmm. you know? So you have to understand your role too and accept that. It will be yeah. a little bit easier maybe if you have your own children, you know, and you, you kind of like merge into like a, a dynamic like that, right? Would you, would you agree with that? That if you have your children yeah. and like you, you kind yeah. of like have a blended family? Absolutely, man. I mean, um, look, it's just a more delicate situation. Yeah. And I think if someone finds himself in that, the, the thing is, I always refer back to self-development. You, you have to sit down and have sessions where you really work this out. How are we going to function? 
So if the other guy is in the picture, you're going to have to have processes and, and modes of communication that are going to keep the relationship healthy, but still be realistic in the fact that you're dealing with an outside party. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. If you have your own children with a woman, of course, the, that's going to be more natural, seamless. Yeah. You can make it work though. Like just because a woman is a single mom, if she's still a good person and she genuinely wants a relationship with a new man, it could work. It's just going to take a little more work. Yeah. I love that. Um, in closing, my friend, do you want to uh, share anything? Where can people find you? First of all, um, I know you are blowing up right now. You have crazy watch hours because your advice is solid, direct, honest. Whether you agree with it or not, guys, listen to me. It doesn't always matter. Like sometimes I think <clears throat> it's it's okay to just be like, all right, I don't need to converse my opinion. I just listen. I just accept what what this person thinks or feels. I might implement some things in my life. You don't have to completely agree with everything. Maybe you don't find anything uh, at all to implement in your life. That's also okay. But I want to thank you so much for your time. And I want to give you an opportunity to to close this podcast and, and share your um, your uh, social handle. Thank you very much, man. Uh, in closing, I would, I would just love to say this. Um, you know, I shared some of the, the adversities that I dealt with in my early life earlier. And the reason I shared that is because what I, what I really want to encourage people to understand is that regardless of what you've been through, if you decide to surrender to a path of self-development and try to follow some universal principles of success, you can transcend and achieve what you want to achieve in life, in relationship, in health, whatever. So what I, what I would say also to, to both men and women is and the reason that I speak to both men and women, and I'm very honest, is that I just want people to understand that there is a reality to things. And the reality is not always in alignment with what our ideals are. But if you're accepting of the reality, then you can adjust to it and be successful. Anyway, um, y'all can find me on TikTok at Beland of Cam with a K, also on Instagram. I have a podcast called Visualize Your Success Podcast, available anywhere you can find a podcast. And I'm on YouTube as well, Cameron Devon Crew. Amazing. Thank you so much. I would love to uh, record another podcast at some point and talk a little bit about, um, you know, different subjects that we haven't touched on yet. For sure. Um, but um, I truly appreciate you and what you do. Thank you, my friend. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you again for inviting me on. Of course. You've been listening to Life Talk with Jesse Meester. Thanks for listening to the show. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. And if you want to be the next guest, please apply by filling in the contact form on jessemeester.com or DM Meester Store on Instagram. Till next time, keep sharing love and life.